Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm former Bills receiver Stevie Johnson, and you're listening to Nate and the fellas on the Circle in the Wagon podcast. It's only one way to roll, and that's through the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, let's go, Buffalo. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Buffalo Bills take their second win within five days out of Detroit as they beat the Detroit Lions 28-25 to go 8-3 and on the season. Hello everyone, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, happy belated Thanksgiving to everyone that's listening here. Um, this is not a normal recap episode, but we will recap the Buffalo Bills win over the Detroit Lions. Um, we'll go over our thoughts on the game uh, we'll, we might break format a little bit. We'll probably do, still do our Sweet Sassy Molassi plays of the game and our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers, but we're also going to talk about um, injury update to Von Miller. We're going to talk about uh, you know just general thoughts on Bill's Mafia's feelings towards the Buffalo Bills season so far because uh, the Bills are 8-3, but uh, people are having conflicting thoughts, whether they want to feel good about it or, or not so good about it, or they're hesitant to be excited. It's, uh, it's something that John and I are going to discuss. Um, there's a few roster moves that have happened uh, in the last you know 12 hours of us uh, recording this podcast, so uh, I'm going to talk about those. But real quick, I'm joined, uh, by the way, I'm your host, Nate, uh, and this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. If you are in the western New York or central New York area, do yourself a favor. Check out the DeLago Resort and Casino. It is the jewel of Waterloo. I'm joined by my co-host, John, for this episode. And John, to, so just to break this down so, so folks understand where I was at, because I'm sure everyone was doing something completely different because it was Thanksgiving Day game um, in Detroit. Uh, Buffalo Bills versus the Detroit Lions. The Bills had just recently played against the Cleveland Browns right in Detroit, so they're familiar with the area. Um, the game went uh, a little bit later than I thought it would, so I got on the road. I'm driving to my wife's aunt's place, and uh, I'm listening to the game going on and everything like that. And uh, the whole game, I didn't think the Bills were going to win. It just felt like hit after hit after hit. You know, with the Von Miller injury going down, other guys were Deion Dawkins went down. Another player I can't even think of, Christian Benford went down. Like there were a lot of key players that went down, and I'm just like, you know, this is this is just the way this game's gonna go. And 
the uh, the officials were making terrible calls for the Bills, and it just it just felt like the Detroit Lions were. I mean, and mind you, this isn't people are you know saying it's a four and six team. It's like whatever. Like the Detroit Lions were hot. They won three games going into that game in a row. They beat the the Packers, the Bears, and the Giants, and they almost beat the Dolphins. Uh, the th- you know four weeks prior to that, they just lost barely thirty-one to twenty-seven. Um, so this wasn't just some pushover Detroit team. Um, I just thought the ring on the wall was, <laughs> as a Bills fan, as a fan that's lived through the drought era, like this, this isn't going to go our way. I'm listening to it in the car. I'm driving there. I find out about the the long pass to Diggs. Uh, the Bills ended up winning it in overtime, and uh, and I'm I'm in a good place now, John. Oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't in overtime. Thank you. Um, it was it was just barely at the end of the game with 23 seconds left. The Bills drive down the field and they score. And I ended up feeling pretty good about this game. I think Bills Mafia is kind of in a place where they're like, yeah, the Bills should have won that game, right? Like they should have easily taken this game. Um, John, happy Thanksgiving. Welcoming you to the podcast. Um, what were your thoughts on the game and, and how do you leave this win feeling in your outlook? Happy Thanksgiving. Go Bills. Wins a win, right? <laughs> See that I, I, I was really hoping to get your, which get your thoughts on it because sometimes I feel like you ride high or low, and now you're you're high, right? Like this is, I mean, minus the Von Miller injury news. If it wasn't for that, like, I mean, a win is a win, right? Who cares how you win? I mean, right. this isn't this. Is, they're all paid professionals, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's certainly during the game, it didn't feel that great. <laughs> for all the things that you, you, you just mentioned. Um, but you you still had that that belief that the Bills could pull it out with, you know, Allen and Diggs and the um, the players that they have. Um, I do think, like you said, Detroit is better than the record. Um, so I, I was concerned going into the game because of that. Um, but it is a game that they should have won, and you know what? They won it, so... There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, do you, part of me thinks that if if people are upset about this win or the way this season is going, it's got to be because of like a few different things. Injuries definitely being one. I mean, the Bills are so injury riddled. I mean, losing Micah Hyde in the second week, and then every everything since that just feels like the biggest blow ever. And then obviously with the Von Miller thing, like I don't blame Bills fans whatsoever for being pessimistic on that. And then secondly, I think if if Bills fans are pessimistic, it's because the Bills started off so red hot that, like, I mean, they were they were putting teams away like, like they put away uh, the Super Bowl winner and the number one AFC seed within like the third quarter of games. So you're used to seeing the Bills just basically, you know, roll over these teams that we know are pretty good. And then they face these other teams like maybe the Cleveland Browns and maybe the Detroit Lions, and they're not so good, but the Bills kind of struggle with them, and you're just like, well, this team's fake, right? Like, some people are just like, this team, this team's not a real champion. But to me, I'll say, like, they didn't lose those games, and the three teams that they lost to all have winning records, and some of them have the best records in the entire NFL at this point, uh, minus the Jets. Uh, but <laughs> that's, like, this. these are good teams that they lost to, but, like, I mean, a win is a win, man. Like, at this point, like, after all the injuries they've gone to, like, I'm not taking anything for granted. Like, the fact that they battled through, like, uh, mentally and psychologically to get through that game, which you know was taking a dragon, especially since they only had four days of, of rest after the Sunday game for, for Thanksgiving, um, 
and everything that happened the week before with all the snow and all the travel arrangements and all that stuff. Uh, I'm just happy to come out of that whirlwind five-day stretch with two wins. Just like, I don't know if you saw the Sean McDermott post-game speech, uh, uh, or post-game speech but he basically said the same thing, man. Two, two games, two wins in five five days, man. That is not easy, especially going what they or going through what they went through. Uh, I mean, a win is a win, like you said. I'm in a good place. I'm excited. Um, we're going to talk about injuries a little bit more later, but I mean, it's good to see that you're on the same page as me. Like, we're not like, oh, this is the end. Like, whatever. We'll get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Like, I don't yeah. know if this team will. Yeah, it, it seems like a recent trend too, right? Like. The lull in the middle of the season, like last year, they're losing to Jacksonville and, and things like this. Last year, at the same time, the Bills had the worst record that they did, and like last year was, you know, ended up being, you know, blowing out the Patriots in the playoffs, and then the Chiefs they should have won, like that whole thing. Like down the stretch, they played amazing. They came out of it just like I'm expecting them to do this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I love that you point that out because it definitely seems to be a lull. And I think every team, every good team goes through this. Um, I always mention the Patriots during their dynasty because it's the only one that I really paid attention to that closely. Uh, but there's always like a lull where some... Is it is it impossible for you to go balls to the wall, uh, you know, eight, 18 weeks a year? Uh, it seems very hard to do. Um, so, yeah. So let's let's go into the game itself. Um, you know, it's always fun. We do our segments. Uh, I'll give stats real quick for uh, the Bills-Lions uh, game. Josh Allen, 24 out of 42, 253 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, he had, he was also the leading rusher for the Bills, which we've seen this deadline before. <laughs> 10 attempts, 78 yards, one touchdown. John, uh, fire emoji rating for... Josh Allen out of five, um, taking into account that I think, in my opinion, that one interception was kind of like a really good play on the ball by the Lions. Like unlike those other interceptions where he's thrown, like previous to the Browns game, those guys were like he was hitting DBs right in the hands. <laughs> like yeah, this guy that like with that linebacker number forty four, whoever that was, the the one with the long hair, it was just unbelievable against the Buffalo Bills, and he happened to tip a ball up, and he intercepted it. Crazy play. Uh, but I, I, I'm i curious, what, what would you give him out of five uh, in, in his play for the day? You know, I'm curious how much pain he's actually in. Um, it doesn't look like he's in pain, but Romo kept bringing it up all the time when he wasn't throwing well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah and why would, why would Romo keep bringing that up? Like, we've never heard anyone really talk about it. We just assumed, yeah, he's fine, right? Yeah, I mean, he certainly looks fine. Um, he's in a, doesn't seem like he's wincing when he throws it or anything, but... But if Romo's did. bringing it up, you know he's not just pulling it out of thin air. Like, he's, he's probably... He's an probably... excuse for it, you know? I don't know. He also Maybe. called... Dane Jackson, a, a budding star early in the game, and <laughs> boy, was that a chance. Yeah. Thanks, Romo. <laughs> a budding star. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> um, so what would you do for, uh, what would you think about Josh Allen's performance? I, I I was thinking, you know, 250 passing, 78 rushing, three touchdowns, a pick. He did seem off for a lot of, a lot of throws. Um, but he did have clutch runs and passes in the clutch when it mattered. Yeah. Um, three and a half. 
That's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Literally, like it was an above average game, but it wasn't like, I. But man, if he didn't have that pass at the end to just, you know, seal the deal, it's like that's the Josh Allen that we missed, right? That play at the end, where like he zings it through like three different defenders that could possibly make a play on the ball, and the only one that really can is. Stefan Diggs and of course Stefan Diggs being you know the clutch performer he always is that we always take for granted because he catches everything that comes to him he never drops the ball it feels like um he had that amazing catch for, at the end yeah I that 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 three and a half star three and a half fire emoji sounds sounds about right to me and uh I mean this this kind of leads into like you know uh who do you have what do you have as your sweet sassy molassie play of the game and I'll uh, and I'll start with you uh, on that one before I give you mine. I think it's got to be the Allen Diggs 36 yarder 23 seconds left, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what's funny is uh if it wasn't for that, I was going to give so that was by far the most important play, right? Because then they were able to run the ball a little bit further, get a little bit closer to field goal range for Tyler Bass. And before T Bass kicked it up for uh I don't actually how far was that field goal? It was forty five yards. So before T Bass got uh got it all set up, Josh had a couple of runs in there and, and got it closer. So yeah, that was that was a play that did it, man. That was I mean it was a beautiful play. It was a play that was missing. It felt like all game, right? Like that just throw it to him. He'll catch it. He'll find a way. So um, that's mine too. I, I want to give an honorable mention though, just just because this would have been an amazing touchdown and play if, if that wasn't the play of the game. Uh, it was when in the second quarter, uh, game was tied 7-7. Josh Allen uh, was at the Lions three-yard line. He fumbles a snap picks it back up and ends it up running for a three-yard touchdown and I mean it just felt like at that moment like hey you know usually this doesn't bounce the Bills way <laughs> those sort of mistakes and uh, they definitely haven't in recent in the recent uh, uh, schedule so the fact that he picked it up he didn't fumble it to the other team and he scored on that same play. And not only did he score, he basically walked in the end zone. Like, no one touched him. Like, that was a great play. Uh, I loved it. That was, that, was, that, was my, that was my honorable mention. But by far, the, the Diggs-Allen touchdown. Or, I'm sorry, Diggs-Allen 36-yard pass. I mean, that sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game is basically the Gettysburg of the game, too. So we don't even need to do Gettysburg of the game. Well, Oh, do you know. have one that's different? I... I... How about this? This is a little okay. unorthodox because it's not necessarily a specific play. But I would say Diggs firing up and leading the offense down the stretch because they were kind of lackadaisical. And I think Diggs himself helped get the offense over the hump in the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Not just the last drive, but like leading up to that point, last couple drives. So you mean like things that you saw on the sideline from him, or just his presence? And you think that like based on what you've heard in post game press conferences and whatnot, like like he was the driving force of those of those last couple of drives? I think I think a little bit of both, and just like seeing his play, I think he helped elevate, and I think he likely talked to Josh, and you know, like they even kind of said in the post game, like while they were in their turkey legs, you know, they they asked Diggs what he said to Allen and this and that, so. 
What, what, what did he say? I missed it. <laughs> I don't remember verbatim <laughs> what it was, but you know, uh-huh. but, um, you know, we got like, basically him and Alan were saying, yeah, you know, like, you know, he, you know, he helps, he helps our team. And, um, I'm, there's a word on the tip of my tongue that I can't think of, but, um, mm-hmm. but basically, you know, he, he fired up the team. I, I think that's okay. how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So, so, so Diggs firing up the offense, which was, it definitely felt, uh, all day. Like they were missing a little of something like they weren't terrible. Don't get me wrong, but they weren't, they weren't playing as good as they could. Um, uh, the interception, um, the Bills' defense really just kind of being there, but not. It felt like so. Let's go. This this kind of leads into this conversation. Let's go into Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame. Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. <clears throat> On the Wall of Fame side, um, I thought the defense had a pretty good game, but uh, I, I'm going to give it to Ed Oliver because. Uh, the it was it was the the Lions' two starting guards were out, and you're wondering like if 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 there's going to be a chance for the Bills to really wreak havoc uh, against the Lions, it's going to be through their really good defensive tackle group, and uh, and they and they came through and specifically Ed Oliver. Um, I thought he had one of his best games as a Buffalo Bill. I mean, he was just he was a force. Um, either you know just knifing through the offensive line to get pressure on. Uh, Jared Goff or uh, <clears throat> tackle in the backfield. Um, it was just, it was really cool to see. Ed Oliver had that safety, obviously. We didn't even mention the safety in Sweet Sassy Molassi plays the game or mentions, which it definitely deserved it. Uh, and, and yeah, I thought I thought he had he had a great game. I mean, this is the Ed Oliver that you know we were told that we were going to get when, when uh, he was drafted, and and today he he showed up. Today, Thanksgiving Day, he showed up. <laughs> what about you? Who do you have on your wall of fame? Ed Oliver is an absolute crime that he wasn't one of the three Bills down there eating the turkey leg at the end of the game. Six tackles, <laughs> two for a loss, the sack and safety, the forced fumble and fumble recovery. Like, amazing game. Awesome he game. He deserved one of those turkey legs for sure. We should have done that. Instead of wall of fame, wall of shame, we should have done turkey leg. I don't know what the wall of shame portion of turkey leg would have been. I don't know. Turkey neck? I don't know. <laughs> something, something no one likes. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what. What's people... the worst side? <laughs> What's the worst side? I don't know. What is the worst side? I like. I never go for cranberry sauce, but I know I it's just basically either. like jelly. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm not a big stuffing fan. I got to be honest. Like it's it's. There's only one it's... stuffing I've ever liked in my entire life. The rest is just bread and just some crappy vegetables, right? It it really depends how it's made because you can get a wide range. You know, zero to ten for stuffing. Mm-hmm. Where other sides, it's a lot more closer together. I think. Gotcha. Less variety. What would you give? What would you, What is your least favorite side of uh, of Thanksgiving? I don't know. Might maybe it is the cranberry sauce. I mean, there's not really, especially like, I don't know. You, 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 kind of, <laughs> yeah. you take out of the can, you slice it up. <laughs> slice it up exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if it was that good, you'd have it other times a year, right? Like, yes, uh, yeah. the stuffing. So my my mother in law makes this amazing Cajun stuffing where it's like got like uh, hard boiled eggs in it and bacon and stuff like it. it's the most amazing stuffing on earth. 
Um, but regular stuffing, I'm just like, it's okay. I don't really give or take. But yeah, cranberry sauce, like, I won't even bother with it. I'm just like, you know what? If I don't have, like, an English muffin to spread this on, like, what do, what do, I, <laughs> what do I need this jelly for, right? Like, I don't, I'm not going to put it on my roll uh, or anything like that. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, turkey leg for Ed Oliver. I love that one. John, who do you have on your wall of shame in the Thanksgiving Day win? I'm going to go with Dane Jackson. Um, if you want a first down, just throw it at Jackson. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's been <clears throat> a common theme for several weeks with Jackson. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm glad that White is finally getting worked back in. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned White specifically getting some snaps. He had 15 snaps on Thursday. Uh, getting, And we knew this going into it that when they did eventually bring him back, uh, it was going to be slowly. It wasn't going to be all at once. He wasn't going to start that. And, you know, you appreciate that from Sean McDermott. I mean, I thought he looked good while he was out there, Travis White. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Dane Jackson definitely got picked on. My wall of shame is, is has a lot to do with him, which is basically third and long. Um which, like, I started thinking about it, and it's just like, I I tweeted this out, and it was completely, you know, hyperbolic, but it was like, like, it's it's a fun fact that every time the Bills are in third and long, the other team makes it on offense, a first down, 100% of the time, and it was just like, I, every time it was third and long, ever since, like, the Vikings game, I feel like it's just like, fuck, like, you just know that they're not gonna stop him, you know, like, it's like they have a better chance of stopping third and two than they do third and eight. You know, it's just like the Bills' defense just goes to freaking, it just goes down the crapper. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with, like you said, Dean Jackson, um, the secondary in general. They were missing, I mean, we were mentioning injuries like they were missing Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, they were missing Greg Rousseau. Um, you know, you lose a lot of that coverage ability with Edmonds not being back there. And, you know, there's the guys, Dean Jackson struggling. Uh, Christian Benford went out with an injury, which we're going to talk about roster moves later. Uh, but Christian Benford is on the IR, injured reserve list right now. Uh, so, I mean, Tredavious White can't come back at a quicker time. I'm wondering if uh, the more he plays, maybe instead of... Dane Jackson being CB2 maybe ends up being more Kair Elam, like we kind of thought before the season started with the draft picks. I mean, maybe that ends up being the starting combo in just a few weeks uh, from here on out. So I also forgot, on the Wall of Fame, I was just going to give an honorable mention to Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, as much as I'm kind of critical of Isaiah McKenzie, uh, uh, I thought he had a pretty good game. Um, he had he was leading receiver. I, he didn't just have a pretty good game. He had the best game. He had six receptions on ten targets for ninety six yards and one touchdown. Um, he did have two rushes for seven yards also. So over a hundred yards on the day for Isaiah McKenzie and uh, and he showed up. He showed up. So okay, here's another week. Go ahead, do your karaoke, do your singing in the Bills locker room. I'm okay with it for one more week at least until uh, until something bad happens again. Uh, and then my also my other honorable mention for Wall of Fame was going to be Tredavious White actually being active and getting snaps because you and I talked on this podcast last week. We, you and Mike and I were just like, when is he going to come back? And I was like, I could see him not coming back for a few weeks. And what did you say? <laughs> what was your... I was like, maybe three weeks, maybe like mid-December. <laughs> and you were like, not for the rest of the season, right? I might have said he was never coming back. <laughs> He's never coming back. He's going to retire. He's going to retire this season. <laughs> uh... 
But hey, you never know. I mean, those it had gone on long enough, and you never know where people are in the rehab process. Sometimes it's quicker. Sometimes it's... speaking of rehab process, now this just came up since the Lions game and was brought up to banged up Bills, uh, Kyle, who we've had on the on the podcast before. But Micah Hyde potentially coming back for the Buffalo Bills like this season, like you know, there's talk about you know the Von Miller injury. Um, um, which I'm going to get to actually right after this, because that's a perfect time to transition. But uh, Micah Hyde might be ready for the playoffs. It is a possibility that um, if everything goes well in his rehab process and there's no setbacks, you're talking about like a perfect, you know, neck surgery rehab process from that standpoint. I mean, people were seeing him doing, you know, warm ups, uh, uh, individual drills, uh, in practice, stuff like that. So you're like, man, maybe he's close to coming back. Uh, Kyle mentioned that the playoffs is the earliest that people can recommend him at best case scenario. And he also mentioned that it's unlikely that that will happen because McDermott and their staff really tend, as you can see with the Travis White situation, they don't like to bring guys back full speed. So um, it would just be like, you know, sprinkled in or something like that. Or it's unlikely that they even let him play because they're so worried about, you know, his future or getting a huge setback or whatever. But um, Bills fans should have that sort of optimism that there is a possibility that we could have Micah Hyde back for the playoffs, which in my mind is mind blowing. Like, you know, like just like after all the, the Bills have gone through, especially with this Von Miller injury, like doesn't that, that small glimmer of hope just like really get you going down deep inside? Yeah, for sure. If, I mean, even if he's sprinkled in when they start the playoffs, by the time Super Bowl rolls around, full health. <laughs> He'll be ready, right? <laughs> the playoffs come, you know, 20% of the snaps, 50% of the snaps, and then the Super Bowl, you give all 100%. He's ready. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Von Miller injury, real quick update with that. Uh, it was not an ACL tear, uh, thank God, uh, because if that was the case, or a full tear at least, it would have been... Uh, he would have been in season-ending, and as we saw with the Tredavious White injury, uh, it'd probably be at least till Thanksgiving till we got him back, probably around Thanksgiving next season. Uh, we didn't want a, uh, an episode of that happening again, and it didn't, luckily. But it was a meniscus tear. What's happening right now is the Bills are waiting 7 to 10 days. He's already ruled out for the Patriots game. That is definitely not going to happen. They're going to see how uh, the... Uh, rehabilitation process is going to go for the meniscus tear and how it takes in the next seven to ten days and they're going to reevaluate it from there because if it's okay from them uh from then on they're going to continue on that path for seven to ten days or after the seven to ten days and then they're going to possibly get him back by the end of the season or or that's kind of how they made it sound like i mean some guys are three or four weeks some guys are the entire season if it ends up after seven to ten days that that the rehabilitation process is not working then they're going to just they're going to get season ending injury for him so I'm sorry season ending surgery for him uh, which won't be ideal so you know he's not out of the woods yet luckily it's not definite that he's going to miss the rest of the season but at least right now uh, we we just don't know we just don't know so I guess it's a positive but it's not we're not out of the woods yet by any stretch so John I think I think with that injury, I mean, that's one of the reasons why uh, I could see I was kind of down going into that game uh, or during that game because, you know, all the kids, the Bills weren't playing their best football. You know, the injury after injury happened. Um, 
And now that we got that information, I just feel like I'm in such a better place. Do you have any final thoughts on that specific game before we get to a couple of more topics uh, about the Buffalo Bills? Nope. I'm good. <laughs> All right, cool. So we wrapped up that portion of the episode. Um, this episode, by the way, is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, we mentioned the Von Miller injury. Um, some of the roster moves that happened uh, just recently... Uh, I wanted to mention uh, the Bills signed Xavier, or cornerback Xavier Rhodes from the practice squad, so he's now elevated to the active roster. And the reason for that is uh, that the Bills placed cornerback Christian Benford on the injured reserve list, which you mentioned earlier. Um, the Bills signed uh, defensive tackle C.J. Brewer to the practice squad, and I think the most notable thing besides you know Christian Benford and uh, being put on IR is that the Bills signed wide receiver John Brown to the practice squad, which I had to take a double take when I read that tweet. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I can't believe that that had happened. Like, you know, that's that's impossible. Like, I thought he was retired. I thought he's done. So it was kind of cool to see Smoke come back. I thought that his uh, his departure from Buffalo was kind of left a salty taste in his mouth based on you know a. Rep- an interview that he had after that and you know with the salary cap and everything like that and then he kind of went to the Raiders and I don't think he really stuck there very long John when you saw that John Brown ended up uh resigning with the Bills on the on the practice squad what, what were your thoughts on that one actually actually you're hearing it now because I just I just broke that news to you yeah I was uh looking it up because I wasn't aware that he even played last year so uh I was just double checking that he did yeah play a couple games for the Broncos, Jaguars, and he was on the Buccaneers roster. Yeah? Okay, gotcha. So he's bounced uh, around a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I So <laughs> I, I do think that they're they're kind of – I might have mentioned one of the other um, podcasts, but, you know, they've, they've had a John Brown or Emmanuel Sanders at that position where this year they don't. Um I, I, I think they're they are missing another weapon. I, I'm not saying that John Brown is the answer here, but um, it made me think of that. Um, I think a lot of people thought Gabe Davis would be that, but I think I I, I don't know if that I don't. It doesn't seem like that's holding to be true. Um, he he definitely has big play ability stretching the field, but he's not. I don't think he's consistent enough to be that number two guy I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that yeah it's so up and down with Gabe Davis uh sometimes I think he's great like he had some great catches uh I thought uh against the Lions um so it's so tough uh I don't think he's ready I thought you know what's funny is I thought after his rookie season I'm like this guy's ready like they shouldn't even bring in Emmanuel Sanders like he's ready to be wide receiver too they brought in Emmanuel Sanders right and like and then eventually Emmanuel Sanders gets hurt, and then they put Gabe Davis in for the rest of the season, and he just lights it on fire. I'm like, he is an amazing, you know, everyone remembers the four touchdowns in one game against the Chiefs. Like, this guy's amazing. Uh, I thought he was ready before that point, and then after that point, I'm like, oh, he's ready. He's wide receiver two material. And then he started off the season on fire, too. Uh, I think he's just hitting a lull uh, with that, and I think they need more. They need more along with him. I don't even know if it's necessarily just... John Brown, but the slot position and maybe it's wide receiver two, slot receiver. Uh, 
they just they're just missing something. It might be schematic though too. It might not even be their fault, but uh, Oh, I know what they're missing. OBJ. What? OBJ. <laughs> Could you imagine in the playoffs if like the playoffs come around, everyone's healthy, we get Micah Hyde back, and we also add OBJ to that, you know, we get Micah Hyde back, Von Miller's definitely not going for season ending injury. I mean the whole squad is back. So we play the Chiefs hopefully at home which I'm not sure how likely that is at this point, but uh, we should play the Chiefs again in this year, except we have OBJ, we have Von Miller back, and now we have Tredavious White, which we also didn't have last season when we played them. So, uh, I mean, I like those odds. I like those odds. And so I'm actually going to... Uh, we mentioned like where Bills fans are um, earlier in the episode, like their thoughts on on the team in general. I kind of wanted to... Post on Twitter. I put a toll up. I said a toll up. A poll up. Jeez, a toll. I, I asked people for a toll. I wanted money. Um, I put a poll up. I said, "How do you guys feel about the outlook for the Bills after the win against the Lions?" And the first option was Super Bowl. Let's go. Uh, second option was they're trending up. The third option was happy but not confident. And the fourth option was this team has huge cracks. Right. Um, so, the majority of people are not confident. <laughs> like, it, so, 13% of people said this team has huge cracks. Like, they're not confident at all. Uh, 44% people said happy but not confident, which means that about 56, 57% of fans uh, are not really confident with this team whatsoever. So, that's crazy considering, you know, where the team started before the season and how the first part of the season started um john when you read that are you surprised at all about those comments or does that kind of track with what you've been seeing on social media also so uh i actually voted in this poll uh-huh. and it doesn't look like a lot of people sided with me <laughs> <laughs> are you are you super bowl lfg let's freaking go yeah, yeah, that's what I put. Sixteen <laughs> percent of fans thought Super Bowl. Let's go, and then twenty six percent of fans were like, "They're trending up. They're they're starting to get you." So yeah, <laughs> I think you. I I when I put that poll up, I'm like, John's either going to be Super Bowl. Let's go, or this team has huge cracks. <laughs> you know, in between, I'm glad. I'm glad I figured out. So here are some of the huge responses. Thirteen percent say huge cracks. What what are the huge cracks? Well, injuries I think are one of them, but. They're eight and three. They're eight and three. They're they better than they three. were last year at this point. I think people were expecting more though than that team last year. I don't think anyone was thinking Super Bowl last year, were they? Were we? We were thinking. Well, we were hoping Super Bowl. <laughs> we were hoping Super Bowl. Yeah, John. John, you always expect the Super Bowl. I think we were all hoping Super Bowl, but we didn't expect it. This year, we expect Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I feel like I, was the, expe- the, I think I. I th- I think it's fair to say a lot of people were expecting it last year after the year before. True AFC Championship game, perhaps. Or at least to get, you know I mean, like... Maybe. I can't, I, I can't remember that far. I can't... I barely remember the side dishes that I had for Thanksgiving. I can't remember exactly the state of mind I was in, but... Um, upstate New York dude wrote on Twitter, Come on, folks, they have three losses. Yes, by a combined eight points... Josh is off. He'll get back to normal. D is decimated and still kind of holding up. 
chill. I thought I love the point three losses by eight points, and then Josh is off. Well, Josh is also injured. Like we didn't even mention that injury with all the injuries going on. You know, I mean, I think he took his sleeve off in practice, but it doesn't mean that he's a hundred percent, right? Like that's still his throwing arm. We're lucky we didn't lose Josh Allen this season. Like all things considered, people, you know, I I consider us snake bitten sometimes with injuries. And we didn't lose Josh for the season. We could have very easily lost him, you know. Tommy John surgery. I think there's like a, a two-year rehab for that or some crap. So, Matt Albrecht writes, Happy but not super confident. The Bills are a good but flawed team. Maybe they are starting to head in the right direction, but I'm not fully sure about it yet. John, do you think any of this has to do with the fact that uh, the Dolphins are really good? If the Dolphins weren't this good, do you think we would be as worried? I don't know. They're, I mean, like, they've beaten the division leaders of all the other divisions, right? So it's like uh, three out of four. It just happens to be the one in your division that you lost to. But they still get to play them again. So, and under the circumstances that they lost, I mean, they probably still should have won that game despite the injuries and the heat and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not too, I'm not too worried about it. No. Almost did, right? Yeah. I'm not worried about the Jets. No, exactly, especially with Zach Wilson losing his job. Well, that's actually better for the Jets. But <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> Douglas Douglas Kozak writes, feels like injuries are going to derail the season. Optimistic that we're 8-3, though. Well, uh, you know, it's they haven't derailed the season yet. So, I mean, you're, if you're saying that, you're just kind of hoping, or not hoping, but... You're thinking that more hits are going to, you know, more balls are going to drop or whatever, that it's just going to get worse and worse. But, I mean, in the end, like, we just, we don't know that. We're just thinking that based on that. So, uh, based on how we're feeling at the moment, that we're like, oh, we're down. But we have no proof that more injuries are going to come. Like, we might continue to get guys back. Of course, we lost Christian Bedford. <laughs> shouldn't say that, but... Um, possibly our best cornerback, Christian Bedford, besides Tredavious White. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly going to be interesting the next three weeks, right? They play in New England, which is essentially three road games in 12 days right there. And then they play the Jets and Dolphins. Wow. That's a crazy stretch of divisional games. I I wrote on Twitter, um, John, you know, after the win, like, what's your what's your hot take? And uh, And I'm going to read a few of these. There's just it seems to be a lot of hot takes after these games. Go Bills writes, uh, which is at Capazzi one. There are different versions of the Bills. The Bills don't punt and win by at least fourteen. Or the Bills that don't punt and win by at least fourteen are gone. Yet it's a dub. Expectations shouldn't get in the way of appreciating a win. And that's kind of where I think you and I come out on this game. Is that you know the, things could have been better, but. Um, there's lots of reasons why the Bills didn't steamroll this team or the or the Cleveland Browns. Angel Egg Eggyar said, "Like you said, Detroit having having been played good lately, they beat the seven and two Giants at Giant Stadium, and the Bills have been hit with injuries, including the one from Allen that he still hasn't recovered a hundred percent. But guess what? A win is a win. Yes, yes, yes." Keith Manette said on a short week with a banged up team. Yep. Peter Soto totally gutted out the win. Short week, lots of adversity, but still took the W. Go Bills. Big R. 
Big R was in. He said, uh, hot take. We beat a playoff caliber team on the road. Super banged up. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, speaking of Big R, speaking of uh, a lot of you guys, uh, wish wished us very nice thoughts and uh, uh, reached out to us on Thanksgiving, wishing us a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Uh, really appreciate you know the sentimentality of doing that. Uh, it means a lot to us. Um, you guys are definitely a part of the show, just listening. And uh, the fact that you guys reach out, you know, just to say you listen or that you appreciate anything we do, the podcast and whatnot, um, it means a lot to us. So thank you for doing that. Even six years in, six years in, we're one of the, one of the longest podcasts, Bill's podcast going on for that long. But yeah, Joel Harrison Miller writes, secondary bad, Josh Allen is a hero, Diggs is the engine that makes the car go, they underachieved, keep getting injured, but still won. Go Bills. John, that basically goes exactly into your point about Stephon Diggs uh, firing up that the the offense the last couple of drives. Diggs is the engine that makes the car go. I love that. I love the fact that he said it that way. Upstate New York dude wrote, wrote catch the freaking ball more. That's my take, and I want our defense back. <laughs> so I wonder, like, um, you know, we, we've been complaining about the defense a lot. Are they still number one? Like, what? How do they rank now? I mean, this week's not over, but maybe at the end of last week. I'll tell you in one second. Defense, they're fifth in points for and twelfth in points in yards against points points against. I'm sorry, points against and yards against. Okay, so still top five in points. So top ten in rushing and bottom third in passing now which I wouldn't be surprised of course I'm not sure if these stats take into the fact that everyone else hasn't played a game yet you know what I mean so maybe after the Sunday games we'll know more but that's where it stands right now fifth in points against uh, which is fifth best and then twelfth best in yards against so oops Uh, let's see the Bullbound Bills writes, Bass missing the extra point helped us get the win. You know, I was thinking about putting Bass on the wall of shame after that missed extra point. You know, after he had that streak going for so long, it's like, man, we really could have used that extra point. And then the the Lions ended up um, uh, getting a field goal because they would have needed a touchdown to tie the game uh, as they were driving down the field. And like, oh, jeez, man. If this comes back to bite us, <laughs> we'll know exactly why. And luckily, Tyler Bass came through. Man, that kick looked close, though. I've got to be honest. That final kick to win the game, that looked like he was almost about to miss. It looked like it was about to dink off the uh, off the goalpost, didn't it? <laughs> Bill's defense. So Mike Graham writes, Bill's defense sucks without Micah Hyde. They started struggling once we lost him. Poyer needs his partner back. Man, he, you know what's funny is we didn't even mention Poyer's playing injured. Like, all these guys are playing banged up. And then Matt Langley kind of chimes into to Mike's tweet and says, Our defense has been decimated all season. Near rookie corners and safeties. D-line hasn't been fully healthy. Trey barely played today. Miller went out. Not sure how much Elam played, 
plus Rousseau is out, not to mention a short week, two wins with barely any practice in a week. That doesn't even mention that A.J. Epinesa is out too, right? So lots of injured players, lots of injured players. Sylvia Newell, I love this hot take. Ed Oliver should have gotten a game ball from the coach. John, you mentioned he how he should have gotten a turkey leg, which he should have. He also should have gotten a game ball from the coach, which he did not. The coach gave it to Alan Diggs and uh, and that little kicker he mentioned, as he as he said, not my words, his words. That little kicker. Yeah, yeah you know it's funny because I I actually went and sought out when he gave out the the clip of him giving out the game balls just to see. And I was disappointed that Oliver didn't get one. <laughs> Oliver had the best game. He was like, all right, I guess I'll see how it is. <laughs> you guys don't win without me, but that's okay. Uh, disabled Vet writes, Oliver should have got a game ball. See, we're on this now. I love it. Safety and a force fumble. Team is banged up bad. Allen's injury affects the game at times with certain throws and his touch. He dealt with it on that hard sling to Diggs for 30-some yards in remaining seconds for field goal by Bass for the win. Blue writes, it was good to see them go down the field with 23 seconds left and win the game. Allen threw a laser into triple coverage to Diggs. Awesome. Yeah, that that can't be stated enough. To be able to go down the field in 23 seconds and and win, uh, credit to Sean McDermott for having enough timeouts at that point. Credit to Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, uh, the offensive line holding up for him and giving him time to actually throw that laser. Uh, You know, that's not something that we would have seen from Josh Allen just a few weeks ago, just a couple of weeks ago, it feels like. Uh, I don't know if he had that in him, but he did when it mattered, when it counted. Josh Allen, king of the fourth. Uh, he showed it again in this game. John, I'm going to read a couple of uh, Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers uh, from our great listeners uh, because uh, I definitely want to get get you guys uh, in when I can. And then we're going to end this podcast uh, for next week. Uh, Colby Pleasance writes, Wall of Shame, Dane Jackson. Bro got that Walmart coverage. <laughs> Wall of Fame, Josh Allen and Ed Oliver. They were beasts. Yes. MJZ writes, Wall of Fame, Turkey. Wall of Shame, Wall of Shame shitty sides. <laughs> we were just talking about that earlier. That's hilarious. No wonder no wonder MJZ listens. Uh, TJ Robinson writes, Wall of Fame, being there with my daughter and cousin. Josh was on cue when he needed to be. And Wall of Fame... Wall of Shame, the defense at times. He shows a picture of uh, him and his daughter and his cousin. This is a great picture. That's awesome, TJ. Thank you for sending that to us. Andrew Freeman writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, Wall of Shame, Ken Dorsey. Allen is the reason they won. Dorsey is the reason they didn't win by more. Edgar Donnybrook writes, Wall of Fame, Ed Oliver, and then Big Balls Bass. (laughs) Wall of Shame, Dean Jackson is burnt toast week in and week out. Anakin Skywalker writes, Ed Oliver should be getting that Tarkatan turkey. <laughs> eat all day. Eat at all eat all day, big boy. Wall of Fame. If we can get the injury bug to fly south for the winter, my goodness. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if we actually were able to get over this injury bug this season? It, that feels like the difference between us and a Super Bowl. Bill Lasso writes, Wall of Fame, the Milano Monster. Bass, Trey finally coming back, and final drive Allen. Played his best when we needed it. Also, just love Diggs as a leader on this team. Wall of shame, Dane Jackson. They targeted him all day and he was awful. We need secondary improvements and to get help. 
Well, hopefully Xavier Rhodes is the secondary help we need because we lost Benford and got Rhodes, so we'll see. But having Tredavious White, man, I mean, if he played 20, I think it ended up being, what did you say, John? What did 15% of the snaps end up being like 25%, or I'm sorry, 15 snaps on the defense end up being like 25% of the snaps or something? I forget. That sounds about right. Something of that effect. So next week, I could easily see them moving him up from 25 to probably 45, 50%. The next week after, we're talking 75, 80. I'm sure that's the McDermott is it like very regimented in something to that effect, right? Maybe it could also be how White feels. Like he could have, they could have like agreed on this and then see how this week went. And then if he feels like he wants to, maybe that's all that needs to happen. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe yeah, he's I, not allowed to make that decision. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, that's a good point. I think I think what they'll do is they just reassess after the words and say, hey, how did you feel after this? Oh, I feel good. Okay, well, we're going to increase it. If he's like, ah, I f- don't feel so good. I feel like I kind of went too far. You know, I overdid it. Like They're like, okay, well, let's let's try to do that again next week. And if you still feel the same way, maybe we'll dial it back or who knows. I did notice him out in the field. It was amazing to see him actually active for once. We did not think that was happening as a podcast. Just to show you that we are constantly wrong at times. It just, you know, sometimes you get in a in a lull. You're just like, I don't think he's going to come back, guys. <laughs> so uh, glad we were wrong on that, and so quickly wrong on that. This is the way it is. So, <clears throat> John, I'm going to end it with this. I'm going to end the episode with this <clears throat> for the podcast. Is I want you to list, give me one thing on the Buffalo Bills that you're thankful for uh, before we end this episode. One thing on the Buffalo Bills, it could be the roster, it could be the coaches, it could be something intangible I haven't thought of, that you're thankful for. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Just that he's our quarterback, just Josh Allen being alive? Yeah, like all those years in the drought. Quarterback Harris. I mean, it was, it was with everything, right? Coaches, GMs, whatever. But like, never had a quarterback. So, yeah, we had all the all, all the best running backs in the world every year, but that didn't matter. <laughs> we had good defenses. That didn't good. matter. We had great special teams. That didn't matter either. Didn't have no. a quarterback. Yeah, amen, amen. We'll put there. Uh, I'm gonna put. Uh, I love the Josh Allen one. I'm thankful for Josh Allen as well. Um, for everything you just mentioned, especially like if you really think about that time frame, it's like Josh was like two years old when the drought started. So it's like, you know, it just shows you how long it went on. I, I want to, I'm just kind of going to go along with what I just mentioned with Trey White coming back. I mean, when Trey White's on this team, it's been so long, we kind of forget. Like he is literally one of their best defenders. Uh, I remember thinking when he went down in that Saints game last year on Thanksgiving, uh, what a big blow this was going to be because, in my opinion, that was before we had Von Miller, I thought he was the best player on the defense along with Milano, Edmonds, uh, Oliver, stuff like that. But I thought he was he was the best player on the defense. Uh, I think we've just forgot how good he is uh, just because we haven't had him. And I think he's going to remind us in the next few weeks about how good he really is, and we're going to see it firsthand. And I'm thankful that he's coming back now in this last stretch of the season when you know we really need him to to make that push for the number one seed. And uh, and speaking of 
being thankful for players, you know, and injuries. Like, I'm thankful that Ed Oliver didn't tear his ACL, okay? <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, we're not at least a year away from getting him back, you know, uh, for, for next season. Um, uh, so I, I think with the torn meniscus, I don't think we would have to, if he gets season-ending injury, or if I'm sorry, season-ending surgery, I don't think we would have to wait. I think we'd get him back in training camp, I believe. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, so don't quote me on that. But it's not like the ACL reconstruction surgery, which takes uh, much longer. So anyway, those are the things I'm thankful for. John, I'm thankful for you, man. I'm thankful for you as my co-host, as a friend, for coming on. Talking Bills with me, man, is always a pleasure. Uh, Appreciate it, man. Thanks, dude. Thankful for you, too, and Mike, and, you know, all the... Everybody who follows the podcast and listens, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I forgot Mike about that, too. Yeah, yeah, we're thankful for Mike, too. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever. He's not out of this episode. We can say whatever. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, this was a blast. Uh, I'm really excited. Next Thursday night, the Bills are playing the Patriots. We might be able to do a pre-post-game uh, recap that night. We're still trying to figure out scheduling with uh, the rest of the crew. Uh, I didn't do a Twitter Spaces last week because of obviously Thanksgiving. Um, and I love, my wife was so nice. She's like, hey, do you want to just go upstairs and do a quick Twitter Space? I'm like, ah, not tonight. Like, let's 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 do family. Let's put family <laughs> ahead of everything. Uh, and so this is why this podcast is coming out a, little, a couple days later than the Bills game. So appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us. Uh, listening next week we're going to talk bills patriots just want to remind our listeners that this episode and every episode of the circling the wagons podcast is brought to you by the DraftKings sportsbook at delago if you're in the western new york or central new york area do yourself even if you're driving through not even if you live there if you're driving through the area do yourself a favor check out the delago resort and casino there's a reason that we call it the jewel of waterloo so signing off for john Go Bills. Uh, can't wait to beat the Patriots. <laughs> oh, man. A good a good Patriots stomping would feel so good. Feel so good. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now?
you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>